It's Monday, September 18th. This is Jaguars Happy Hour. Jaguars Happy Hour is brought to you by Jet Home Loans. And now, a guy with more downloads than everything except Jimmy Buffett's Margaritaville, J.P. Chadwick. And welcome in. It is Jaguars Happy Hour on a Monday after week two in the first hour of Jaguars Happy Hour presented by Jet Home Loans. A busy two hours ahead as we recap yesterday's loss to the Chiefs. 17-9. Plenty to get to. Red zone struggles. One of a few areas where the Jaguars had issues. The defensive effort was pretty good, though, against Mahomes and the Chiefs overall. Special teams was really good, too. Keeping it real, we'll get into the offensive line and their performance with Tony and Pete coming up. Fanatics fan questions in the second hour. It's a lot to get to on 1010XL, Jaguars.com, and Jaguars YouTube. Glad you're with us. Tony Baselli, Pete Briscoe. Joining us now, Pete, down in South Florida. Tony is at Bank of America Stadium in Charlotte for Monday Night Football. And good afternoon. What's up, Tony? And you're in the booth, man. Yeah, in the booth. Uh, got over here early so I could do the show. So, uh, And we're the early game tonight, so 7 p.m. kickoff. Two Monday night games tonight. Uh, outside of me being tired since I had a 3 a.m. wake-up call to uh, pack and get a car service to uh, get to the airport, um, I'm excited about this game tonight. Uh, uh, Bryce Young, Pete, I I watched the tape. I, I agree with you. He's not a big man. I disagree with you with two picks he threw, and we can talk about this in the last segment, but I'll briefly say it wasn't because he couldn't see. If you look at the end zone tape, he had clean lanes. He never saw no, the I middle. Say, I didn't say that. Yeah. Oh, I thought that's what you are saying. He could no, never, Bates, he never, Bates made good play on the ball. Yeah, that's right. Uh, the middle safety fooled him completely. But I'm looking forward to seeing him, and, and uh, I'll just say this because it relates directly to the Jaguars, and we'll talk about. And I disagree with JP. Your your uh, it wasn't the red zone struggles. That was just one of the fifty things in offense we could. We'll talk about tonight. The I offense, thought that's what I said. Two weeks. That's what I said. No, no, that's not what you said. I said it it's red zone a struggles. Game. A few other things too, right? That's what I said. I said yeah, well, the main, there's one main thing. Yeah, the main thing. He missed the main thing on this team right now. He did. He um, swung and missed. He, he, yeah. there's the, the, the red zone struggles are a byproduct of the main problem. Yeah, he, he hmm. Peter wasn't a great lead-in. Like, no. JP had a B-plus, A-minus on the Monday Night Football last week. That lead-in was a B-plus, maybe C-minus yeah, Maybe C-minus. C-minus. Okay, right. well, on that um, note, then, tell us what is the main thing, then. No, I'll, I'll get to the main thing in a second. But remember <laughs> at the beginning of the year, we were talking about you know, no problem. NFC, uh, the AFC South isn't very good. Jags walk right through that the division. Plus, they got the NFC South bad, bad division. Um, but Buccaneers are two and zero. I watched the Saints. That's a good defense, and their card is a much a big improvement. They're, they're moving the ball with no Kamara. They can't score. Um, I watched the Atlanta Falcons were now in two, uh, two and zero because they played the Carolina Panthers, and um, that Robinson kid. Holy cow! Who's that guy? And they got all kinds of weapons on offense. You feel uh, bad for him, though, though, don't you, Tony? Since four years from now, he'll be getting franchise tags <laughs> and complaining about his contract. Yeah, that's not great. But he's. But my, I guess he's my good. point is, yeah. see, the, NFC, the NFC South is better than I think anyone thought coming into the season. Now, the Panthers with the working quarterback are going to have some struggles. But those other three teams? Yeah, but, that, okay, let, let, let's slow the roll on. Okay, Atlanta played two home games, and – 
I'm just talking. Now we'll know they play the Lions. No, okay. They play the Lions on the road. We'll see. The Bucks beat the Vikings in a game they probably shouldn't have won. The Vikings turned it over four times and then beat a bad, bad Bears team. And well, the Saints look good in their opening game, and they had to squeak one out. My point is this. I'm not saying they were juggernauts. I'm not saying any of them are going to compete with the Cowboys or the Eagles or the right. 49ers. I'm just saying it's not a walk in the park. Those no. are good. No. Those are good teams. And and I said I say all that to set up the main thing, JP. Because if we don't fix the offensive line and the offensive line does not play better than it has the last two weeks, there's one guy who's played consistent, high-level winning football, and that's Walker Little. Both weeks, I thought he played really solid. Read. Borderline really good. Um, the other four, we got beat up. And it's one thing to have a bad game as an offensive line. I've been there. Been on offensive lines and given up seven sacks. Been on you know days where it doesn't go your way. But when you get beat up physically, that's different. And I think we've been dominated physically the last two weeks if you just turn on the tape. And there's no big apo- bigger apologist for this group. I love these guys, and I think they're talented. I don't think they're a soft group. I don't think they're – I think they're a good group. I took, I took issue when they were ranked, what, 31st in the NFL by the so-called experts. I thought that was garbage. I thought this was a top-10 group. I've yet to see it. And I hate to say it, but the people who rank them 31st, they're right now gloating and, and saying, I told you so. And I and me, I'm still – I'm fighting for these guys. I believe that they're good and they will be a good unit. But me believing it and them doing it is two different things. Because back-to-back weeks, it was – that's the main issue. It like, is by and, far and, and away – the. it's by far and away the main issue. And, 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 you know, it's funny. Before the season, if you would have said Walker Little would be the most consistent after two weeks, most people would have said, no way, no way. He didn't give up a pressure the, yesterday. None. Yeah, every other guy on that line, you know how many they gave up? Three each. Three each. It was bad. They're bad uh, up I front. Think, I, I think the rookie gave up more than three feet. I think well, every – credited with three. Oh. But, but again – they're they're not good. Okay, okay, the rookie's gonna have struggles. We can criticize a little bit for not giving him help in some of those situations. We can also do that. Um, but Ben Barch has been terrible. The center, we thought he was gonna get stronger and more physical, hadn't happened. And the guy making all the money, the the high price right guard, he was awful on Sunday with a capital well, A. I think they could have given Harrison more help. I would agree with that, especially once it was clear the Chiefs' game plan was to line up the, their best player on him all day, or the most of the day. It wasn't all day. Most of the day he took turns with Sheriff as well. Um, and, they, and they did late. But here's my problem, and I know because Phil Roush is a heck of a coach. He's a really good offensive line coach. And I, I just can't believe that he didn't help and was not talking about this. They slid to Harrison a couple times, and he's still underset. It's like you know you have slide to your side. Overset the big man. Make him go inside if he's going to go in. You can't get beat on your upfield shoulder when you have inside help. And, Pete, it wasn't once. It wasn't twice. It was constant. And – and the, the lack, and, and I, and I he give him lazy at times too. Let's let's call that yeah, out. I, he did not have the same tenacity that I saw in camp in the preseason. It's almost and like Jones got him a couple times, and he I, he put his head down and 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 moped. Pete, I, Pete, that was I watched the tape this morning. 
And as I was sitting there and I'm like, and you never know, only he knows this. I'm like, but watching it felt like it got in his head and he, he just couldn't recover. And he just started doing silly stuff. His footwork was bad. He wasn't finishing. He wasn't competing. He wasn't fighting. And I saw that in him all camp and all preseason. And I think that's who he is. And, and I get it. Listen, I, it's a hard position. And when it goes sideways on you and it's, you feel like, oh, my gosh, I'm never going to be able to block this guy. And you got to dig deep and just go back to your technique and trust your technique. And, you know, being in tough situations and tough, you know, against good players, the, the kind of the, the thing, the little trigger I would have in my mind is just do your technique. If you get beat doing good technique, you can live with that. I was, I, I would tell myself that just do it right. And if I still get beat doing it right, you know what? Tip my hat to the guy and move on. And I felt like he just, it was like an avalanche, it was avalanching, snowballing on him and just, it turned into a little snowball. Next thing you know, it was an avalanche going down the mountain and he just, he couldn't get out of the way of it. Well, and then the two of the plays where, where they, the one, the throwback, he was lazy and he, that's a big play. If he's not lazy, you, gotta, you just got to fin- finish it. It's a, and then on the, on the other one, the screen, it would have been a touchdown and yep. he was lazy on that play. He's got to chop him at the bare minimum. Get him on the ground. You don't even have to chop him. Just get in his way. Get run over. Do anything but right. what you did. Lazy. You have a man for a man out there, ETN, with the ball in his hand, and he might go to the house. He would have gone to the house. I'm telling you. that You look at the way that thing yes, was set up. Yes, I watched no, it. I he watched got, it. But so, so he's a problem. The right guard's a problem. The center's a problem, and left guard's a problem. So other than that, they have a good offensive line. So they got that going for him. Well, and by the way, I think it's bled over a into play calling and b into Trevor, both. I definitely, Pete. I definitely think it uh, influences how Press is calling the game. I don't think he feels confident. He can just drop back and and take chances down the field and long routes and do different things. They were very horizontal. And this team, they like to run a lot of screens regardless. But I think Press is like I'm more so my, than ever, though. I'm getting I'm getting out of my quarterback's hand. I don't think I can run it. So this is going to be my run game too. Uh, and there was a couple times. I mean, Trevor was off um, first drive. If he hits, if he hits uh, Ridley on the slant, he has a chance. I'm not saying he goes to the house, but he might split those two safeties. It's a big play. It moves the chains. You're in their territory. And Is that uh, the one that was in his hands, though. For, yeah, it was out in front. He had to dive, and he yeah, he, he probably should have. Yeah, it wasn't a great throw, but he should have caught it. He should have caught it. But Trevor's better than that. Yes. And and everything I want. Let me preface this. Everything I'm going to say about Trevor on the show today is I'm saying because I think he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Same. And when and when Same. I think and when I view somebody like that, I'm much more critical yep. because I think their their ceiling, the bar is much higher. I treat myself no different. I mean, you know that. I mean, if you're going to, if you want to be one of the elite guys, and I believe Trevor Lawrence is elite. I agree. He did not, he did not have an elite play day. like an elite guy yesterday. And because of that, there was times he missed things that could have been big plays in, and in those situations. And it's hard when your offensive lines get their, their rear ends kicked. It is hard. JP's yeah, trying to get you to take a break, by the no, way. I can see his eyes. He, he, just, he can just wait. He can just wait. Um, and, and it's hard because everything gets sped up as a quarterback because you feel like the clock's going and you rush things, and that's tough. But, Pete, you know this. The great ones find a way to take a little side step and buy that extra second and rip one. 
and they hate and they just do little things that make it a little bit cleaner than it actually is. And I felt like he was he wasn't sharp from the beginning. And then as the rush he got hit every play it felt like. I, I think he sped things up and he he tried to mechanics wane. It's yeah. mechanics wane too because then you start sailing passes high and that becomes a problem. But Tony, even they went remember the one play where they max protected? They max protected two man route and, and the guy got the tight end got beat. I mean, both, you, it, both 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 tight ends got beat. Right. They just it just was not a good protection day, and I think it bled over to the play call and it bled over to Trevor. Period. Let's hear from the quarterback Trevor Lawrence on the smoothness or lack thereof in the Jaguars' offense. It's something we got to fix, so it is an issue. Obviously, we're not. I, I mean, we scored a lot of points last week, but still didn't. I don't think we played to our standard and how good we can play. And this week, not even close. I mean, just all, I mean, every, every play, every series, there's something we all can do better. Um, really sloppy. So I wouldn't say I'm, I'm not concerned, but it's something we got to fix. It's definitely an issue. So, you know, we got to all look in the mirror and, you know, be accountable and be critical of ourselves. You know, it's, it's all of us. There's like we, we guys talked about it after the game, just there's plays that we all missed on different series, different plays, whatever it is. And we got to make them, you know, we got to, we got to make those plays and, that's what the good and great teams do, and we didn't we didn't do it today. But you know, I'm not I'm not concerned. But we got to do it. Got to do it. Got to execute the plays that are called. Well, yeah, JP, and I've said this before, and Pete said it, and, and, and you've said it as well. And here comes the rock band in the background of the stadium. It's a little loud, so um, I might I'll, I'm probably going to go into another room after the break because this is or shut the doors. Um, so I'm going to shut up now, and I'll say something uh, after the break because this is really loud, and I can't even hear myself talking. <laughs> that you know what? Maybe we finally shut them up. <laughs> this is the way to do it, Pete. We found the I mean, answer. I, for a second there, I thought this was the Tony Baselli show. Right. I mean, my gosh, yes. he was on a he was just rolling and rolling. I don't know if he's trying to impress his radio producer yeah, behind. Exactly, he's at West. He's at Westwood this? One only a few times a year you now. Know, you know your football. You don't have to impress them. He went you got a gold jacket. Gosh. Wear the gold jacket. That'll show him. Wear the gold jacket. You don't need to talk nonstop for the first segment of the show with JP over there going like this. I'll, the let, you, I'll let you enjoy some music now. <laughs> we'll come back. That's unbelievable. We're back in a moment. Um, there's plenty ahead, obviously, on the offensive line. But we've only just begun uh, the goal line situation yesterday, and we'll get all to all that coming up a little bit later, of course. Jaguars defense, though, in a little while played. Pretty good overall game yesterday. We'll get into that. Uh, second hour, we've got Fanatics fan questions. Plenty more ahead. And Jags fans want customized Jaguars furniture for your home. Check out ZipChair.com and browse all customizable options. ZipChair furniture for fans. This is Jaguars Happy Hour presented by Jet Home Loans. Yeah, we, we was confident in ourselves before the season started because, you know, Whatever the stats were for our defense looking last year, people, uh, some reporter asked me, one, one of y'all, some reporter asked me, you know, what do you think the defense is going to bring to this team? We're going to bring something, we got something to prove every week. Something to prove every week. And we were there with the turnovers, we got we got to outlast that team. We got to outlast other teams, be cleaner in the game, handle hurry up in the game. There's plays left out there that we could clean up. Confidence for sure. We just out there proving what we know we can do. That's Foye Aluakin, Jaguars middle linebacker, and welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour presented by Jet Home Loans the day after week two. A loss to the Chiefs, 17-9. 
Jaguars Happy Hour presented by Jet Home Loans on 1010XL, Jaguars.com, Jaguars YouTube, J.P. Shadrick. Tony Baselli is in Charlotte at Bank of America Stadium. He has moved to a secure location now, away from the music, and Pete Prisco's down in South Florida. He's on the other side Florida. of the press box. I know where he is. He's in that lunchroom over there. Oh, the lunchroom. How convenient, the lunchroom. Yes. Um, can we get into me criticizing some things real quick? Okay. Well, can, we, we've got, <laughs> yes, here we go. we've got an hour go. and 45 minutes. Is that enough time? Well, I know, I but... Know. I, I want to get a word in edgewise, and I didn't in the first segment. <laughs> Tony, it, Tony was trying to impress his radio producer. <laughs> I mean, only... oh, I'm not trying. I, I'm not trying to impress anyone. I've been doing this for 15 years. <laughs> knuckleheads. Well, fourth and five was moronic. Moronic. With a capital Pete, M. Pete, instead of just name calling. Explain why you felt those. The play moronic. was moronic. I'm not saying no. he's a, it's a moronic no. play. Okay, no. Was it? Did you not like the play design? Did you not like? No, no. Let's not. Let's. The play design was fine because the play was open. It should have worked. But again, plays. Even if you design the right play, if a guy wins, the play doesn't work, and that's what you, happened. You, well, you didn't like. The situational football. You didn't situational like going for it. football. Right. It's three nothing, three nothing. The Chiefs have done nothing all day. Nothing. There's four minutes to go in the half. You punt them in. Why would you give them the ball at the 45 and give them life at the end of the half? And and I get it. Kirk, you can play that play again. Kirk is. Oh, I think Kirk's wide open. I, I don't know why Trevor didn't throw it. Well, watch right here. Right Kirk. here. Right. Yeah. He, well, he, he, he clutches it. Was yes. he looking Smart. deeper downfield? Because or was I he think looking he's at reading inside out, and when he's by the time he's ready to throw there, yeah, I, 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 if you look at like it, 10, he, has, I, I, he has a window. He has a window. He can throw the football. It's just I think he was reading the one inside, and then the safety was there, so he pulled it back where he should have been. The read should have been to the other one. He should have had Kirk. It's a first down if he throws it. But you can't count on play design because, you know, any play design is great, but it's Jimmy's and Joe's over X's and O's. It doesn't matter. And so the situation was why it was moronic to me. I think you punt. And, and don't get me wrong. Doug's not alone in this. It's an epidemic across the league. It's okay to punt. It's okay to kick field goals. It really is. And, you know, so I hated that. If it was thir- it was twenty four twenty at the half and they were going up and down the field, I'd say okay, go for it. It makes sense. Three nothing. What's if you punt them in? What's the what are they going to do? You think they haven't driven all day? Are they going to go ninety yards or eighty yards to go get a touchdown? Probably not. Maybe best case scenario they go get into field goal range and tie it up. But you go into halftime, you feel good. They go into halftime, they're down. Bad play. Bad decision. Well, it- and Pete, and I, I agree with you. I, and we said on the radio, and we didn't get too much time to discuss it because they went pretty fast and called it. But I was, I was like, I don't know if this is the right call. And then if you watch, obviously it didn't work, and then you play it out. We had them third and 19. We missed four tackles to set up fourth and nine. They end up getting fourth and one, and they had to convert a fourth, uh, fourth down uh they had to convert on fourth down to keep that drive going, which led to the touchdown. My point is there, if you back him up, 
you just add that many more times, you know, much that much more yardage that they have to go uh, execute again. Where was the they fourth had, and one? Where was the fourth and one? What was the yardage on that one, JP? It was on the it was on the forty-two yard line. Right. So you mm -hmm. punt them in. They're not going for that. No, they'd be back. They'd be back twenty yards, at least twenty yards deep, or maybe right. twenty-five. Right. Right. Um, and so it just the flow of the game didn't dictate going for it there. Well, by the way, uh, Doug Peterson today on his Monday press conference said uh, when he was asked about that fourth down, you know, and going for it a lot, and he said, you know, it is a, it was a bad decision at the time, but again, you're trying to make a play. You're putting the team in a situation to make a play. Looking back on it, you probably punt the football there, especially at midfield. He felt like at the time, too, how the defense was playing, that they hadn't scored yet as an offense and special teams was playing well and just wanted the offense to continue that drive. That's what he said today. But he admitted yeah, that maybe in hindsight he would have not done it. And I, and I, and I appreciate him. You know, you know, Doug's always great about not getting defensive and he saying, hey, yeah, yeah I, I get it. And so, But even if you listen to what he just said, JP, special teams is playing good, defense is playing good. Well, then use those two. Pin them deep, play great defense. And by the way, you might get it back in just as good as field position. You get a field goal. And get a, get a field goal or maybe a touchdown, Pete. Because if you get a, you pin them. They call the game different if they're backed up inside their ten. You get a three and out. You get the ball right back yeah. in good field position. Now he also, and, and by the way, it wasn't yeah. like it was fourth and inches. Yeah, right. No. Yeah, but he also said at the end of the same thought, you know, it, it goes back to the point with protection and some of the things that broke down where they failed to execute. If they get the block on the right side. Yeah, but. That's, that's all well and yeah, good. But, you can talk said, about that all you want, but there's breakdowns on plays all the time. You have to put yourself in a situation, what happens if it doesn't work? Yeah, okay. you might have a great play drawn up, but what is the result if it doesn't work? You have to think that. And the result here was you were in a 3 nothing game, your defense is playing great, punt them in, and as a result, they got life, went down and got a touchdown. That's the bottom line. It was a bad – look, he made a bad – Doug Peterson is a hell of a football coach, one of the best in the NFL. They all have bad moments. That was a bad moment. It was a bad decision. Later on, and I would question the decision later on in the game, fourth and 12, if it was fourth and two, maybe fourth and 12, you get the field goal because you're still going to have to get a two-point conversion to tie the game. This way, at least you give your chance, a team a chance to win the game. And, Pete, you go back to what Doug he brought, you know, brought the fact that it was protection. Well, that guy had been getting beat all day. If you're going to call that play, then send some over there. To, if, if you are dead set, I dis, I, I'm with you, Pete. Don't, I would out upon it. But if you're going to call it, you know your rookie can't block that guy. He struggled all day. Go double to give yourself time to go execute the route. I mean, so I'm with you. And listen, heat of the moment, emotions go. And I agree with you, Doug's one of the best coaches in the NFL. It was not the right call, in my opinion, either. And uh, I think, you know, who knows what happens if you pin him deep. He might get, you know, it could be a completely different. Could outcome, be a turnover but... and get to seven points. You never know. I just, it just, that game flow did not warrant that decision. That's all it was. And, and by the way, look, coaches are no different than players. Play, so great players have bad days and great coaches have bad days. Doug Peterson's a great coach. He just had a bad day. And I thought the play calling was awful in a some situation, but like we said earlier, it was mandated by the poor offensive line play. It's hard to call plays when your line can't block well enough. Coming up in the second hour, we'll keep it real about the offensive line and maybe ways to improve it moving ahead. Yeah. JP, are we keeping it real right now? 
And did, didn't we just obliterate him to open the show? Yeah, you did, actually. Yeah, it's real. <laughs> it's really real. He, I mean, we got him. We got him like JV high school players on Ooh. that line. We Tony was so bad on top of him. Oh gosh, that's not true. I was very but, but okay. But we just talking a little bit about the offensive line, real quick, JP. Yes. What What do you do now? when Cam Robinson does come back. Well, that's going to be I, part. Let's save some of this. Okay, we'll We've save it. A that's lot. a good radio tease, JP. Where'd you learn that? Know, Alabama, that's <laughs> where I learned that. Yeah. Uh, hey, uh, let's come back in a moment. Um, We've got plenty to get to, obviously, more about this uh, Jaguars offensive performance. And uh, we heard from Foye Lewican a moment ago. We'll get to the defense, what they did pretty well against Mahomes and the Chiefs yesterday and sign up your furry friend for the Jaguars official four-legged fan club for pets. It's presented by Forever Vets Animal Hospital. Your pet will receive access to exclusive merchandise, events, and sweepstakes throughout the season. Visit jaguars.com slash promotions slash four-legged fan club to sign up today. It's Jaguars Happy Hour presented by Jet Home Loans. We need to score there. I mean, that's that's the thing. And and you know, the first play we had to run, we had to run dialed up and, and didn't execute well. We didn't, we didn't, you know, we didn't get it in the end zone. And um, just got to take a look at everything. But it's not about who's in the game or who's getting the touch or anything like that. You know, Travis Tank, Ernest, all three of those guys are very capable of doing it. And, and you know, so it's not that. We just got to look at what we're doing and, and making sure we're uh, you know putting our guys in in position to be successful. That's Doug Peterson after the game yesterday on the first and goal at the one situation. The Jaguars had to settle for a 22-yard field goal. Welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour presented by Jet Home Loans. J.P. Shadrick in the Hyundai Studios at the Miller Electric Center. Pete Prisco in South Florida. Tony Baselli at Bank of America Stadium in Charlotte. After a Jaguars loss yesterday, 17-9 the final score. And the Jaguars held out of the end zone, 0 for 3 in the red zone. Trevor 0 for 7 passing in the red zone yesterday. A couple of uh, opportunities, uh, actually four different toe-tap opportunities that failed, and then an overthrow on that third down play after the first and goal at the one. Um, you know, Now, uh, Doug Peterson talked today as well and, and was asked again about that, uh, that play and the decision to keep the ball at the one-yard line. He said it wasn't necessarily a read option. He said he thinks looking at the film, he knew why Lawrence pulled it because he saw the defensive end in the corner crash, and he was just trying to make a play. So that's what that's yeah, what but walk if, he, if he hands the ball off, it's a walk-in. Yeah, there's nobody there. They're all blocked. That was actually one play where they all blocked somebody. But it was – I mean, it was a mistake and, by the quarterback. I mean, that's all it was. Yeah, and – well, and he tried to do – this is what happens when things aren't going well. And you have to protect yourself against this player's press. You try to do more than you need to do. And that's a great learning for Trevor. It's like the play is called, hand it off. If it doesn't work, you come back on second and one from the goal. But if you try to work outside the confines of the play and try to do something, one, it better work. If it doesn't, it's going to be a bad play. And, and Pete, if you're going to do that, you have to have awareness too. You know what he should have done as soon as he just got outside the box? Throw it, throw it away. Throw it away. When you realize there's nowhere to go, you're not going to beat two guys. Just throw it in the back of the end zone. You're outside the tackle box. It's over. Go back to the go back to that play. We're, I want to look and see something for a second. There you go. Why don't they just line up and push him in like everybody else does? 
Oh, the tush push? I agree. Yeah. It's unstoppable. You can't stop it. You can't stop that play. Is he sturdy yeah. enough to handle that, though? I mean, he's putting he's on some weight. Yeah. 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 Are you kidding me? Yeah. Do you sure, want him in there with all those people doing that? Push him. Yes, you want the touchdown. Tie the game. Hmm. Don't do it all the time, but in that situation, why not? Uh, hey, JP, who's the greatest, JP, who's the greatest quarterback of all time? Greatest quarterback of all time is Tom Brady. Um, who's the greatest quarterback speaking quarterback of all time? Tom Brady. Tom Brady. He did it more than anybody. If, you, if you're going to put the greatest quarterback of all time under center and do it two to three times a game, I think it's okay for Trevor to do it. No doubt. No doubt. And, and and it's unstoppable. You push him twice, even if you have to push him, push now, him twice. Get the half the yard, get another half yard, you're in. Where'd Vaselli go? Oh, we lost him. We but lost he's moved him. about four times already since he's been on this show. He went they from keep... the press box to the cafeteria, <laughs> back to the, now he's they back keep... in the press box again. They keep running him off. That's what happens. So we lost Tony. Did they run you out of that? Did they run him out of the cafeteria? They Probably. must have. Probably so. You know what it is? They put food out, and they saw him frothing at the mouth. And they didn't want him in there. <laughs> he looks skinny. He looks like he hasn't had a meal in a while. He, you know. No, he's yeah, he's skinny. Um, yeah, JP, you you mentioned the four toe taps. Yeah, those are. Close. I think Zay Jones could have got his feet down on the one. Think so? That's on him. Those are tough plays, Pete. I mean, they're so. No, he's got to get the right foot down on the one. The one where he beat the he beat the corner. He, He's got to get that foot down. I'm sorry. I hey, think he had the same play on opposite sides. We got you, Tony. Yeah, we got you, Tony. Yeah, but Pete, I, the one thing I, I hear what you're saying. Uh, that one right there. I think the ball's a little overthrown. I think the ball's it's a little overthrown, but he's got to get the right foot. Tap the right foot right there. Right. Uh, yeah. He's got to get that. That's that's on Zay Jones. The rest of them were. Ridley had no chance. On the one where he plowed into the goalpost, he has no chance. The one to um, at the end of the game had no chance. The other one to Joe to Zay Jones earlier in the game, I think it was his, his same exact route on the other side where he beat the corner to the to the back. That one he had a chance on too, and he overthrew him. And then the one to Zay Jones, I don't know what the hell that was. That was an easy throw. All he's got to do is lob it in there, and he just has a touchdown, and he he airmailed it. And again, it goes back to what happened with the offensive line. His mechanics wane when the line stinks, and he starts getting high with his balls. He gets high. Hmm. It, was, it was just not a great day. I mean, not a great day. But those are throws, right. those they are, hand those the ball are, off to ETN. It's 14-12, bare minimum. It's 14-12 with a chance to tie it up with 12 minutes left in the game. Yeah, but they would probably, if they went for two, they probably would have once ran some whirly dervish throwback to the other side and flick it back to the to the wide receiver, and he'd throw it back to the offensive lineman and let him run in for the two play. <laughs> Pete, I don't know what they would have done, but I know this. It's, now, guys get away with it. You work outside the, outside the confines of the design play, and great players sometimes make something happen. But a lot of times when you try to do more than you're asked and try to work outside the design of the uh, call, it doesn't work. And if you're going to do that, you got to be aware of where you are and what your options are. And you just throw it away. And it's second to go on the one. No, that was my little shot, by the way. At the uh, at, and, and, okay, in defense of the play, if the block is made, it works. 
but I'm still not a huge fan of throwing back to cross the field like they did. I yeah, mean, the old Christian it, Kirk uh, back to ETN. Again, yeah. if, if 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 Harrison makes his block, he probably has a decent gain on that play. I mean, it's not going to be like the ETN one, but it would have been a decent play on that a gain on that play. But I, mean, I don't. I'm a conventional guy. I don't mind gimmicks once in a while. And I, I've, t- I, you know, I, I joke about the Philly special itis. Well, there it was. And during the game, I get, I get uh, tweets from people. That's got to be your play. That's got to be your play. <laughs> and Doug gives me one. I even told him about it. I said, Doug, you know, I come up with the Philly special itis every Monday on the show. If you have one, well, we have one. Philly special itis. I don't. And that's what that is. Why are you so against them, Pete? Against who? No, why are you still against the trick play? I just think, okay, that reeks of desperation to me. It just does. I get it. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it's great. But it it, it just, when you have a quarterback like him, you don't necessarily need to do that in that situation. That's all I mean. And granted, he wasn't playing great yesterday. Yeah. But that was almost a little telltale sign that they were worried about more than just him, the offense, and as a whole. Those jump starts. Yeah, you, you, yeah, you, you felt like they were trying to manufacture something. Mm-hmm. Correct. Get, get a cheap one. Um, I'm not. We're, I'm not kind of like not the, a, the play I'm not in. Um, like you, in the, I'm not the Chargers. Them. The Chargers play where they turned it over on that gimmicky play, and now in hindsight, you go back and look at that game. They didn't need to because that kid was phenomenal that night. And granted, he started slowly, but he was getting it going, and you could see that. And in start of that drive, he got it going, and then they did that, and it kind of curtailed it. Then in the second half, he was phenomenal. I just think in certain situations, you have to allow your quarterback to get out from underneath whatever he's going through. And that's not the way to do it, in my mind. But what he's going through is an offensive line that's in his lap. But Tony made a good point before about – Subtle slides, little moves. Uh, Look, the offensive line play in this league is bad right now across the board. But to see, and he's done it before with some bad offensive line play where he moves and throws. There was a play in Buffalo yesterday, because the Bills line isn't great either, where Josh Allen moved to his left and fired a shot back into the middle of the field after just moving a little bit to his left. That's what Tony was talking about with Trevor, because Trevor's done it before. He's been good at it before, in fact. And yesterday it was just a little bit off that he didn't wasn't doing that. And he got out. There were a couple one of those plays, the run where he threw remember where he got out the pocket and he was on the left side and he threw down the left sideline. All he's gotta do is run. He can run for a first down. <laughs> Tony's got his hand on his head. Can't believe it. I, mean, I was I, this, I thought this I thought it live. I watched the tape again. I thought about that. I'm with you. I, I, there was, he was not like his normal self. No. He, he just wasn't. He was not. Tony, one other thing I wanted to ask you. The screen pump to the left, the screen pump to the right, and then he ran up the middle. Was that a design play, or was that they just covered the second part of the screen? Um, it almost looked designed how it opened up. Haven't they run yeah, that before? Awesome. They ran that before, I think. Fake left, fake right, and then throw one down the seam. No, that's different. We've seen that yeah, play. Different. Yeah, different. Yeah, we have. Fake left, fake right, run the quarterback, quarterback up draw. the middle. Ah. Yeah, yeah. But, Pete, I want to go back to what you – I said earlier, you said it, the subtle movement, buy in time. If you go back to that fourth and five play that we watched where Kirk's open, 
that's the perfect example. You know, he pump fakes it, and maybe he just didn't see it. I mean, only he knows. But that was one where he felt like if he could just drift to the left and buy himself that half extra minute, or not minute, half extra second, that he could he would have found Kirk and, and delivered a strike. And we see him do that all the time. And instead of pumping right away, just drift, right. throw to Kirk. And, and the thing is, if he hits Kirk, Kirk would have had 25 yards on that play. There was nobody. Oh, there. yeah. He would, there would have a safe, deep safety might have tackled they, him. But it, it, yeah, they, they were all cleared out. I mean, it was, it was the perfect play goal by press. Guys, let's come outside back. Of, outside of the protection. Yeah. <laughs> well. well could have, they could have helped with him. They didn't. No, they didn't. We're back in a moment. Uh, AFC South. We'll look around the division. Some things going on yesterday in the AFC South. Of course, the second hour coming up. We'll have your Fanatics fan questions. We'll keep it real. And plenty more ahead after a Jaguars loss to the Chiefs in week two. If you're looking for the MVP of the truck game, then look no further than Ford F-150. Loaded with impressive capability and designed to dominate work, play, and everything in between. This truck makes tough look easy. Your local Ford dealer, proud partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. This is Jaguars Happy Hour presented by Jet Home Loans. This is a team that beat us in the playoffs last year, and you kind of have that fresh in your mind all offseason. And schedule comes out, you get week two, got Kansas City, and obviously took care of business week one. And then we get our shot here at home and lay an egg offensively. It's pretty frustrating. Um, yeah, pretty frustrating, especially, like I said, when you feel like you let your defense down, when they played so well, got so many turnovers, you know, played or flying around. I mean, it was fun to watch those guys. But yeah, it's definitely. Really, really frustrating when you leave that much out there, especially being in the red zone, like I said, four times and no points. And you just think back to all those plays. If you score on one of those possessions, game's completely different. You know, if we score on that one, we get the, on the one yard line, we score on that possession, get the two point conversion, it's a tie game. Um, so there's a lot of things, but it's definitely really frustrating. That's quarterback Trevor Lawrence, and welcome back. It's Jaguars happy hour, day after a Jaguars loss to the Chiefs. 17-9 final score. Jaguars had to settle for three field goals. They were held out of the end zone yesterday on offense. And the other side, the defense held the Chiefs to 17 points. Special teams had some moments. They recovered a muffed punt. Um, Ross Matisic had a tackle downfield and a Tiger Woods fist pump to go with it. A lot of things went well on teams and on defense, not on offense overall uh, yesterday. Let's go around the AFC South and... The Colts and the Texans met up yesterday down in Houston, and the Colts came away with a 31-20 win. Um, Gardner Minshew came in relief. Richardson is in concussion protocol, and Minshew won the game for him. 171 yards, touchdown through the air, and the Colts are now 1-1. They bounced back after the loss to the Jaguars. Well, he came in, and Richardson had already scored two touchdowns. It wasn't like he rallied him or anything, JP. He played good, but didn't rally him. Okay. Yeah, I think Gardner Minshew is like the perfect backup. Because he can come in and and he can come in and win a game for you or carry you, keep the lead, and and, and get you a victory. And and you probably don't feel terrible about him coming in if he has to start next week because Richardson's in the confession protocol. I mean, he's a guy you feel like he'd win football games with. Would you rather have Gardner Minshew or Zach Wilson? 
uh, Gardner Minshew. Yeah. <laughs> so the Colts are one and one. Houston, of course, coming here next week with an zero and two record. C.J. Stroud. How'd Stroud look, Pete? He made some good throws, and Tank Dell's a good little receiver too to go with Nico Collins. I mean, that, he threw for three hundred seventy yards. I mean, it wasn't like he was. Uh, it wasn't great. They got off to a slow start, and they kind of you know throwing the ball around at the end, kind of you know the way Jaguars used to do when they were bad and get those yards built up at the end. But um, he's getting better, and and home start usually you much better than you were on the road your first start. So and, and this history says that that team will play them tough. I don't know if they will, but doesn't the history usually say that? That team always plays Jacksonville tough. Always. Hey, what, is their de- what does their defense look like? And specifically their defensive front, because that's what worries me. Well, Will Anderson had a sack in the first game. He didn't get anything on Sunday. And, and the rest of that front is just average at best. All right. Okay. If is, they don't, Will, Tony, if the line isn't working this week, got a problem. Is Will Anderson playing over Walker Little by any chance? He goes, yeah, he does. Does he, does he play both sides or just right? He'll, he'll go over both sides. Hmm. Something to get into later in the week. Uh, the Titans in overtime beat the Chargers 27-24. A Nick Folk field goal with 5.02 to play in overtime. Got the job done. Uh, Chargers tied the game with no time left in regulation to send it to overtime. Uh, Tannehill had a touchdown pass. Derrick Henry, modest 80 yards, touchdown. Uh, Tannehill ran for one as well. But uh, the Titans now 1-1. One and one. Pete, what would you think of them? That's a typical Titans victory. They shouldn't have won the game, and they found a way. I mean, th- th- think about that. The Chargers didn't, have, didn't turn the ball over. They held Derrick Henry under 100 yards. If I'm not mistaken, they had five sacks, uh, yeah. and they lost the game. <laughs> right. I mean, it's mystifying to me. They blew a lead. Is he in trouble? Yes. uh, And here's how you know he's in trouble. Somebody asked him after the game, did the loss in Jacksonville, has it carried over some into this season? And he snapped. (laughs) Now you know he's in in trouble. (laughs) And they play the Vikings in Survivor Bowl this week at, at Minnesota. So, Tennessee back, then back over there. That's that's tough. That's tough sledding, back-to-back road games for your survival. Wow. Yeah, that's uh, – and the Titans – I watched the tape of the Titans for week one, Pete. That defense is pretty dang good. Um, that offense is not very good. That offensive line is not very good. Tanny Hill's not very good. They haven't figured out how to use DeAndre Hopkins. And, he had a big catch uh, on he had a big catch on Sunday. Did he? Okay. Yeah. Um, but that that's a good defense. That that tight defense is good. Yeah, they played without Hooker and Fulton on Sunday, so they weren't as good on the back end. That's why the Chargers hit some plays against them. So uh, let's do our first AFC South power rankings of the season. Jaguars happy hour. It's a Monday exclusive. Can't get it anywhere else, uh, and it means so much. So, Pete you, go, Pete, you go first. I'm still putting Jacksonville one. I'll put Tennessee two. I'll put the Colts three and the Texans four. You me agree too. with me. You do too. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, hey, that's as bad as the Jacksonville I, I, offensive line is, Tony, Tennessee's it is right there with them right now. It's bad. I watched on tape. And they didn't have, and they didn't have the rookie who actually played decent in the first game. He didn't play on Sunday. 
Yeah, it's uh, like you said, Pete, a lot of offensive lines struggling out there right now. Why is that, Tony? I, I mean, I, you got to practice. You got to be you gotta get reps, and I don't think they get enough reps, especially for certain positions, offensive line being the biggest one. And it takes a while to get in sync and get, I mean, it's a tough position to play. You're depending on five guys' communication. It's unnatural. You're going against guys who are great athletes. You got to be, you got good technique. That's a technical position. If you, if you don't rep, hit. if you don't rep tech, right. technique, it's hard to like just have it nat- be natural. If you had camp like they have camp and the preseason amount of time that they played, when you went into the edge, because you guys had some good offensive lines, would it have been a struggle for you at times? I, I, maybe. I think. I think what it forces you to do as a veteran player is to get reps on your own. And so it's a lot of pre-practice reps, post-reps. Like you got, you got to rep your sets. You got to rep your technique. You got. I mean, if that doesn't replace the live reps you get in practice or a preseason game, I think I would have been fine, Pete. But I think what might have been the struggle is the communication across the board. Well, that's what I mean. I'm not saying together. you. I'm saying as a whole, the offensive line. Yeah, you know, like when you the, get I the think... doubles and coming off doubles and all that, the sync of that and, and oh, sliding and communication. Yeah. Communication, twists, just being on the same page, feeling comfortable out there. Yeah, I think it does matter. And especially if you have a young team. I mean, this is, I mean, you got Walker Little, who's playing great, so it's not impacting him. You have a rookie who needs more reps. You got a left guard that has not gotten off, has not played a lot of football. And you got a, a second year center who's played a lot of NFL football. So has Barch been rushed? No, I don't think so. I mean, he didn't play yeah, at all played, in the preseason, and he's coming he, off. He played the last that's, that's game. Not true. He played the yeah, last, last game. game. That's right. But but he's coming off. When was that surgery in no, Ten in months. October? It was ten months when no, he came back on practice field. Yeah. No, he's fine. I mean, come that's on, October. Pete. That's October. Ten, ten months. Was ten when, months. When did he hurt it? In October, I think. Yes, he had ten months since surgery. Yeah, I don't know. He's a, he maybe he, I don't know. He just doesn't look as physical as he was even before the injury to me. Yeah, he played. And were, he played the other guys games. were iffy for a while, weren't they? With the ankle injuries, maybe. They, I mean, they were they, they were day to day last week, yeah. but I don't think there was ever a risk of them not playing. Yeah, and they got out of the game okay too, according to Peterson today. So. Well, <laughs> I was hoping they could use their ankles as an excuse. <laughs> Pete, Pete, you know the rule. If you're on the field, no excuses. I know. But, I mean, if they were banged up to the point where they almost didn't play and then they toughed, it, toughed through it like Sheriff did last year, then – still don't get – it's no excuse. You're judged by your taste. It might be some – some give them a little leeway. Now you can't give them any leeway if it wasn't a problem because they were awful. All right, guys, second hour of Jaguars Happy Hour coming up. Fanatics fan questions. We're going to keep it real. Plenty more ahead. The first hour of Jaguars Happy Hour is presented by Jet Home Loans. week two. It's week two. I mean, my gosh. It's week two. We're one and one. We're in a great spot. You know, we lost to a good football team today. We didn't play great. Guys know that. Guys are going to rally. Guys are going to bounce back. We're going to be better next week. Um, a lot of football ahead of us. And, and that's the, 
you know, um, that's the exciting part about it, you know, and, and those guys are those guys are ticked off in there. You know, they're mad and, and they know it. And um, but it's so early in this season that one game is not going to define who we are and it's not going to define our season. Doug Peterson after the game yesterday, and welcome back. It's hour number two of Jaguars Happy Hour, the second hour presented by Mr. Chubby's Wings, J.P. Shadrick from the Hyundai Studios. The Jaguars fell to 1-1 one one with a 17-9 loss to the Chiefs Sunday. The Jags offense 0 for 3 in the red zone. Trevor Lawrence 0 for 7 passing in the red zone. Part of a 22 of 41 passing day for the quarterback. Jags defense held the Chiefs to only 17 points. It's an overall winning defensive performance. The special teams had some good moments, but some missed opportunities, a lack of execution in some key moments, the difference in the game, the offensive line, which we will get to coming up and keeping it real, uh, had some issues again for the second straight week. It's now home this week against the rebuilding Houston Texans, a rookie head coach, quarterback, and defensive end, and the Texans have won their last five trips to Jacksonville. Tony Vaselli and Pete Prisco. Every Monday, of course, here on Jaguars Happy Hour. Pete down in South Florida. Tony Baselli this week is at Bank of America Stadium in Charlotte for Monday Night Football on Westwood One. And we're looking forward to that. Hi, Tony. Hey, JP. Um, big amen to what Doug said. And, you know, and, and we were on the production call on Thursday. We do our radio production. And, and if you remember, I said that exactly. I'm like, because everyone's uh, how big this game is, blah, 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 blah. And it was a big game. I'm not discounting that. But I said on the production call, I said it last week, beginning of the week, and I said it after the game. It's week two. If you would have won the game, you're not going to – that doesn't mean you're making the playoffs or going to the Super Bowl. And if you lose it, it doesn't mean the sky's falling, the season's over. You're one of one. Doug's exactly right. It was a bad loss. And you should, it's a game. I mean, you play decent up front win and so you got to fix your errors because the reality is if you don't if you don't play better up front and don't fix some of the errors that you have on this team you're not going to do anything you want to do anyways this year so i'm with doug it's me too like okay we lost bad game a lot of adjustments guys are mad got to fix it get off back on the field go figure out how to win a division game against houston to your point it was beating us five straight years here which is embarrassing and so there's a lot to play for this week. And, you know, it's all in front of you. It's not like anything's been decided. If you if you be, if you, if you were two and zero right now, you know what that means. You're two and zero. That's it. Nothing else. But we we said, did say last week that if they won the game, it would be a proving game of sorts to to a lot of people. And and yes. they and it, and what we said was if they lost, it's not the end of the world. Just like Doug said. Just like you just said. Yes. But their chance to prove. To a lot of people, how legitimate they are, they failed, particularly as an well, offense. What they failed was changing the perception nationally a little bit. Or actually, I wouldn't even say changing perception because coming into the season, everyone was high on the offense, Trevor, Ridley, and everything else. If you go out there and hang one on the, uh, on the Chiefs and play good offensively, you confirm what everyone was saying about you coming into the season. Now Correct. people are going, eh, what are they? Are they that good? You know, here, you know, here's kind of sexy, yeah. Here's the other thing about the Chiefs' still. defense, Tony. The Chiefs only gave up 14 points on offense to the Lions last week. I mean, they, they yeah. And Chris Jones won there that day. <laughs> They're even better yeah. when he's there. Carlaftis has improved a lot. 
Let's talk about our defense. We haven't talked about our yeah, defense. Yeah, that at defense. All. That defense played great. Yeah, so they did play yeah. well. They they gave up only seventeen yeah, points. He, they got takeaways, two of them on defense, one on special teams. But um, overall, how do you think they performed against Mahomes and and limiting Kelsey for the most part? Well, I discount a little bit. You know, holding Kelsey, he's coming off a bone bruise. I mean, I don't think he was one hundred percent, but they did. I mean, they got it done. In fairness to them, so they did get that done. My biggest takeaway about the Chiefs, Mahomes is still amazing. We did not really pressure him very much. We got a little bit of pressure on him, um, but they have no weapon speed. No, they have no speed. None. Well, Valdez Gandling's fast. He's just not good. But I mean, <laughs> it just shows you how good Mahomes is. He is so. I mean, how he buys time, moves around. But I mean. I thought he, I mean, I thought our defense, here's how I would characterize our defense. I think we play really hard. I think we run to the ball. I think for the most part, we're, uh, we're above that. We're pretty good tacklers. We had some moments yesterday, but overall, we're good tacklers. I don't think we're super disruptive. I think we play solid defense, like some really good team defense. But if you go back and look at this game, and you go back to the first game, who's the disruptor on defense? Nobody. Nobody. Hmm. Is there a game wrecker on the defense? No, there is not. Like, and thought, when you use the number one overall pick and the number what was he ten or nine or whatever Josh Allen was, you're supposed to have a you're supposed seven. to have a disruptor. Now, was Josh Allen good yesterday? Yeah, I thought he played really good soft football. Was Trayvon solid? Yes, he played hard. I thought Cisco was outstanding. I wish he would have caught that first pick because it would have been a house call. He, he's a good. He's a good player. Yeah, he's good. But like even that sack right there, it's because Mahomes is holding the ball forever, and Caleb on Caleb on ran around for like five seconds all the way around the offensive line, and, and made the sack. Good hustle play. Like what I like about this defense is they are they they run to the ball they're aggressive they they fly around. I just there's not a real disruptive guy that you have to game plan for on this defense. No, there's no there's no one game wrecker on the defense. There just isn't. And that's, a, that's okay. That's disappointing. Well, it's disappointing when you use a number one overall pick and and the number was is he tenth? Is that what happened? Was tenth that you? Seven. What was he? Yeah, seven and one should have one. One of those guys should be a disruptor. Yeah, but no, if you can play solid draw... defense without him, I mean, okay, right? I mean, yeah, it no, is no. what it is. That's, JP, that's what I'm saying. Right. I thought they had a really good defensive effort. I think they played well. They played winning football. They turned them over. They were solid. They, you know, didn't they, they stopped the run? They took advantage of situations. They kept, you know, for the most part, everything in front of them. Came up and tackled for uh, almost every play. I mean, I, I, it was a really good effort. My point is, I'm not being critical at all. I'm just saying it's, it's you know, most really good defenses have somebody that is going to disrupt everything in the front seven. And the coach gave, the coach put him in a bad spot in one of those when he gave up the touchdown. Other than, what, they gave up one drive? One real touchdown yeah. drive? Yeah. That's a good, against that guy, I don't care who he has throwing to. That's a good day. I agree. Uh, yeah, so JP, uh, my my comments were not negative. No, not I just at said all. It was no. interesting watching the tape 
there's never like you're like, oh my gosh. I mean, just like Josh Allen's a good rusher. He forced the he forced the hold on Donovan Smith. He's not a very good tackle, but he forced the hold. He's got a couple of hits. You know, Trayvon Walker forced the hold on a big play that you know backed him up. So I mean, they you think he's better football. rushing the passer this year than he was a year ago? No. Yeah, and I mean, maybe slightly, but not significantly. Yeah, th- yeah, that's not fair. Is he probably better? Yes, but is it, is it, did it jump off the page at you? No. Or jump so, off the tape? Because uh, every time I get asked this screen, question, they'd be, they'd be better off with Aiden Hutchinson. How'd he play yesterday, Pete? He leads the NFL in pressures with 13. Did he get any sacks? I don't think he got any sacks, but he had 13 pressure. He got, I mean, they had a, he would have had a sack late in the game. He got blatantly held on the touchdown to win it for Seattle, and they didn't call. It was brutal. It was right out in the open, too. Yeah, no sacks for Hutchinson yesterday. He's a better pass rusher than Trayvon Walker. There's no question about that. Is he a better football player than Trayvon Walker? Is he better against the run? He might be better, like one of those guys that chases down stuff from the backside and that kind of thing. At the point, probably not. Yeah. Trayvon Walker's a good football player. It's just I think he's miscast in his role. That's me. Is Hutchinson I a said, game wrecker? Would you qualify him as a game wrecker? Yes, he'll be a game wrecker. You get 13 pressures in two games, you, you're game wrecking. Tony, is Trayvon Walker should he be playing down end? Uh, Pete, um... That's a yes. <laughs> I, I, it would be interesting. I'll say this: it'd be, it'd be, I'd be interested to see him rush from a three technique. The problem is, if he's playing down, who's playing up? They don't have anyone. I mean, if he's playing down, Arden Key would be good playing up. <laughs> he plays for the Titans. He's in Nashville. You know that. <laughs> I mean, he'd have been good playing up. What's he done yeah, this yeah, year? I, What's his stats? I wonder. He had a he had a, he had a sack and a half in week one. Yeah, a sack and a half week one. Hmm. What do you have yesterday? Anything? Arden Key, four tackles, sack and a half, and uh, this for the season. One tackle for loss, three quarterback hits. Yesterday, nothing. He had one quarterback hit yesterday. He was probably working to get Sean Slater yesterday, and uh, that's tough sledding. But again, though, I still think Walker is miscast, and I think Tony, what are you listening to? It's the stadium music. I'm just, I'm just here along for the ride, guys. What am I, Tony, what do you we said do? that all off season too, so it's not like something new we're saying. No, I, I'm not. And I, I said it all along. I think Josh Allen and Trayvon Walker, Doug said it today, they're good football players. Like they were physical. They played good yesterday. It's just, we. I mean, go watch the tape. How many times did he impact Patrick Mahomes? Yeah, it, it, nobody's exploding out of their stance, blowing by a guy, and knocking the ball free. That's not what it is. It's good, sound, fundamental football, and good sometimes football. because of your effort and your power, you might get some pressure. That's what it is. Yeah, it's. I'm not being critical at all. It just, it was. It, I watched the game. We gave up 17 points. To, to the best quarterback in the NFL. And now they don't have a lot of weapons outside, and Kelsey's going back off an injury. But they played really good football. Gave up one real drive, 
and after watching the tape, I, was, I sat there and like, there wasn't one time like you're like, you, like this, like Pete's point, like explosion just ripping by guys. Now, was there good pass rushes? Yes, Josh Allen had some good pass rushes. Played great against the run. They were physical. Trayvon Walker chasing stuff down the backside. He's big. He's long. I mean, he's tough to go against. But he's not a dynamic pass rusher. No, here's the problem. Is they have a lot of assets allocated when you think about it. One overall, seven overall. What was Lloyd? They they went back into the first round to get Lloyd. Seventh, I think. Twenty sixth. Nineteen. Yeah. Nineteen or twenty. Yeah. Jason was ten, even though you can say it all you or whatever he was. He no, was he wasn't 20. ten. He was like he was like eighteen, nineteen. Yeah. yeah. That's a that's four major assets allocated to those guys. Muma was a set was a second round pick. Third. Uh, third. Campbell was a second. Yes. Money wise, Darius Williams, a lot of money. Um, For the record, Devin Lloyd, 27th overall pick. Chazon, 20th overall 27. pick. 27th. Thank um, you. a lot of money. Hamilton, now a lot of money. They have a lot of money and, and assets allocated to that side of the ball. They should be. Roy Robertson well, Harris, a lot of money. Well, Pete, we were talking about it, the offensive line on the text thread. If you look at the investment on that offensive line, you have a first rounder or the right tackle. You have a, I think Brandon's making twenty million. High price free agent, former first rounder at right guard, third rounder at center, I think a fourth rounder at left guard, a second rounder at left tackle, and a twenty million dollar left tackle suspended. It's a lot of money in your offensive line. And, and, and not draft, getting, one and thing they're not getting banged for the buck. They're not getting banged for the buck from that group. That's for sure. Speaking of the offensive line, we will keep it real when we come back. We kept it real in the first hour, that's for sure. Well, it, it, I want to say one more thing about what we just said. Yeah. Because I want to make sure, at least I'm not being – we're being critical of the offensive line. They need to play better. But back to the defense, that's a good defense. They played, they played really well in the first two games. I agree. And, and so my point of saying there's not that one disruptive guy just speaks to how well they play together, how, how sound they are in their gaps, how they run to the football, how their ball hawks are punching at it. Like they're well coached, they execute well, and they're good football players. And you can win games and play effective defense like that. The only thing I worry about at some point when the game's on the line, you know, a guy like Chris Jones, and you saw it, or a guy like T.J. Watt or Bob Miller or just go down, you know, Nick Bosa or Aaron Dahl, whoever, go down the list of disruptive front guys when you have to get that sack or get that pressure or allow everyone else to get one-on-one because all the attention's to that guy. I mean, those are, I mean, those are the moments those guys end up. And maybe Trayvon and Josh will develop into that. Yeah, well, it's been a long – it's been a while. It's no, been a while. It's only week two. It was just interesting for me watching the tape this week and, and even last week against the Colts. Really good defensive efforts. But you, like, there wasn't a moment where, like, it jumped off and you saw that explosive disruption. JP, like, you got to go to break. JP's got to go to break, but I want to get one quick thing in. We've criticized him – a couple different times over the course of the last year, but Trey Herndon looks like he's a better player this year. And one thing he looks like, he looks leaner to me. Like he looks like he's running a little bit better than he did a year ago. I don't know. He made a couple plays on Sunday. I, I thought 
he was okay. For a guy that was a concern going into the season, he's played above the concern. Seven tackles. Yeah, I think Mike Caldwell is doing a good job playing more zone. He got beat, you know, the long pass, the corner route. Um, but he was a, he was right there. He's, he's, yeah. I mean, he had the hand in there. It was it wasn't yeah. like bad coverage. It was right. a perfect throw, and he just missed time to swipe up the hand. So I'm with you, Pete. I thought Trey Herndon was very good yesterday. Yeah, Herndon, seven tackles, one pass defense, and one forced fumble in the game. We'll come back in a moment and keep it real. After a Jaguars loss to the Chiefs, 17-9 the final score in Week 2. The Jags are now 1-1. One one. PRI Productions, the official event production company of the Jaguars, has everything you need to bring your next idea to life. Visit PRIProductions.com. This is Jaguars Happy Hour presented by Mr. Chubby's Wings. Yeah, it's just... You know, we're better than that, and we're a better team. We're a better offense than that, and that's I think that's what's disappointing is when you know what you're capable of, and the, guy, the guys that we have, whether it's up front, you know, myself, the running backs, receivers, like we got, you know, so many weapons. Like, we're, you know, we got to be able to put points on the board and score, and that's just it's kind of embarrassing. You know, it's a similar feeling, honestly, to when we played Houston here last year and just didn't offensively just didn't get anything going had some some just bad plays bad execution let them hang around all game and then you know our and same thing our defense played great that game too and we just got to help them and we got to we got to play better that's Trevor Lawrence discussing the uh, Jaguars not scoring a touchdown in the game yesterday in a loss, 17-9. Welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour presented by Mr. Chubby's Wings. J.P. Shadrick, Tony Baselli, and Pete Prisco. And it's time now for Keeping It Real, presented by Woodbridge by Robert Mondavi. Open up a winner today. Real Ingredients award-winning wine by Robert Mondavi. Offensive line, the big discussion today. Let's hear from Doug Peterson. He spoke today to the media on Monday, as he always does. And talking about the offensive line play in the game against the Chiefs. We focused a lot on identification and, and communication. That was one of our uh, talking points with the team because of what Kansas City's defense, you know, presents. They're, they're, they're a pressure team. And, you know, felt like coming out of the game that, our, that the identification, the communication was great, but the execution failed. So this is where we have to go back and, and – you know, evaluate it from a coaching perspective and say, hey, are we are we doing too much? Are we do we have too many protections? Do we need to scale back just a little bit? Do we need to rep more of one thing in practice? You know, so there's a lot of different things that we look at, but um, not concerned about the offensive line. It does take a little bit of time. I, I think if you look around the NFL right now, you know, there's probably a lot of offensive lines that are sort of whether due to injury or they're trying to figure each other out. And, and I think that's where we are, you know, we are right now. All right, that's the head coach today. So let's keep it real, Tony Baselli and Pete Prisco. What is your concern level, if you are, with the offensive line? And how does it improve moving ahead, Tony? Let's start with you. Well, I think I would bet you Doug's more concerned that he's letting on. Because if you're the head coach, you can't say you're concerned about the position group because you gotta. That's not gonna help their confidence. It's not the message you send to the media. Um, I'm not panicked, but I'm a little concerned after two weeks. Of, you know, because it's not just. I think some of his communication maybe. 
but you know, Doug said they did a pretty good job there. It's the execution, and they're getting out physical. Um, it would be fine if it was just the rookie, but I'm looking at that interior three, and, and that's what worries me, Pete, more than anything. Well, it's two weeks in a row for the interior three. I mean, it's two two bad weeks. They got I mean, Buckner and Grover Stewart destroyed them in week one. That that's the concerning part. It's two weeks in a row. Look, the rookie's going to have growing pains. You know that, Tony. When you, I mean, you didn't, but when a rookie usually steps in at tackle, he's going to have some problems. But you expect the rest of that group to pick up the slack, and they haven't. They've been worse or as bad, and that's the big concern. And now you have, you know, we we wondered. Remember before the offseason, during the offseason, what are they going to do if Walker Little plays really well at left tackle when Cam Robinson comes back? What do you do? Let's just say it's say he was coming back right now, right now as we speak. What would you do? I think right now, based on the way Barch is playing and what I saw out of Walker Little in the preseason, I think you're best with Cam at left guard, uh, tackle and, and Walker at left guard. That's where you're best. I'm not saying that's fair to Walker because he's playing the best at left tackle. But if you want to do what's best for the team, I think that's probably best for the team, Pete. And, and Cam Robinson's taken no reps at left guard, right? None. See, ideally, that would be the scenario. The left tackle would be Walker Little, and the left guard would be Cam Robinson. That's what I would do. They, they, they didn't, didn't really reps. I didn't see that rep one time in camp. Maybe They JT. talked about it. They did talk about it. Would uh... – would one of those guys – is Anton Harrison staying out there, right? Rookie, you got to play him. Yeah, you, 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 I mean, you got to help the rookie, but you, I mean, he's your first rounder. You got to let him play through it. He's going to be your tackle. Yeah. He's going to be your right tackle of the future. But Walker Little's the left tackle of the future too, Tony. That's the other part of the equation. If he continues to play like he played the first two games, he's proving he's your left tackle of the future. Cam Robinson's out of here after the season. Well, I would agree with that, people. Don't you have to do – I mean, if you're Doug Peterson, you got to look at the here and now. This isn't college where you're like, okay, I'm going to build my team. And, like, you know – Red shirt this guy. Got a, I got a couple of red shirts. And move this guy around. Yeah, like you're trying to win. And uh, every year is unique. And if, if it's best for the team and your best five is Cam Ross at left tackle and Walker Little at left guard, then I actually think it's an easier decision. The hard decision would be is if Walker Little's playing at a high level and you had a left guard playing at a high level, then what do you do? That's not the case right now. Okay, what what if you what if that were the case? If Barch was playing well at left guard and Walker Little would Robinson and Little have to be on the field, so you would think that might be where they take the rookie out. Then maybe you do at that point. Mm. See, the thing about the rookie was he wasn't awful in week one. He also worked against one of the game wreckers in the league. You mentioned it, Tony. There's like 10 of those guys, and he was working against one of them. And they specifically put him on him to work against him. So you got to give – let's see how he does this week and, and then go – Yeah, that's, that's why I'm not killing him. My, the, the disappointing thing is, is he didn't adjust during the game and, try, and understand where his help was coming from to give himself a chance. Him getting beat by Chris Jones is no crime. Chris Jones beats a lot of people, see. And he's a rookie making a well, second he, he beat Sheriff on one inside move, too, and he whiffed on him one time really bad. So More I'm than with, one. Yeah, but one of them was terrible. Remember where he slid it? He was on the. He came in between the two of them when he sat outside on a, on a rusher there, and he missed them. Sheriff missed them. But, again, Chris Jones, like you said, beats a lot of guys. 
the concern I had with Harrison on Sunday was it looked lazy at times. See, I'll say it differently. It looked like not only was he physically beat, he was mentally beat. But that's not a tough block on that on that play to the to the white. Yeah, but Pete, when you're mentally like you're struggling mentally, everything's hard, and yeah. you're just lost out there. So maybe it was one, you know, game he got him a couple of times and he put him in the jar, and now he gets out of the jar and he plays better. The inside guys are as much a concern as as the rookie for me, because that's two games in a row they've been physically whipped. They've been whipped. It's more of a concern for me. You can help the work. You can help the tackle with, you know, tight end and back. If you're if your interior three are getting physically beat up, that's concerning. Did they not run the, the ball well enough, Tony? I mean, that's something that you know, offensive linemen like to get in a rhythm when they run the ball. They didn't run the ball very. What, what were the carries for on Sunday? They only had 13, 13, to, 13 total yeah. carries for running backs. Twelve of those from ETN, one from Johnson. Yeah. But only for 48 yards, Pete. Yeah. But still, at sometimes you know that sometimes you got to get in the rhythm and go. Well, I could think of one they could have given away that would have uh, got one more and touchdown probably. <laughs> I mean, and that play was actually blocked really well. If you go back and look at that play, it was hat on hat, and you would have walked it. Yeah, but back to your point of keeping it real. Um, for the uh, Robert Mondavi segment is I think right now Cam comes back. I think he can still left tackle. I think Walker Lane's right uh, left guard. As much as I didn't agree with that before the season, the way this line is playing, I would agree with you that he, even though Walker Little's the tackle of the future, you know, he can play out there. You got to move him inside for the benefit of the team. And here's what's going to happen guys. Walker Little will be your best guard on the team. After the first week, he's been playing left uh, left guard. He won't be the highest paid one, though. He'll be the best. <laughs> By the way, uh, Cam Robinson back in the building today, allowed to come in a couple weeks before he's eligible to play in week we'll five. Get him some guard reps uh, and simulated. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's Keeping It Real, presented by Woodbridge by Robert Mondavi. Open up a winner today. Real Ingredients award-winning wine by Robert Mondavi. We are still waiting, Bob. It's unbelievable. Boxes. It's, what, three, four years now? What yeah. are we waiting? Two, three years? Lost well, in the yeah, mail. Yeah, yeah, but back to the Walker uh, Little point I was making. When I say I think he'll be the best guard, that's based on how the first two weeks have gone. Now, Brandon Sheriff at his best is the best guard on this team, but he has not been playing his best the first two weeks. He hasn't been the best guard on the team for two. He wasn't the best guard last year, was he? Or I mean, he didn't play very well last year. He was hurt. Yeah, but he was the best guard. He was hurt. He played yeah. through it. Yeah, he was better than Bart and Shatley, though, wasn't he? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, okay. I mean, for the money they're paying him, they're not getting the bang for the buck. And the, I mean, he's hurt a lot. All right, let's come back. We've got Fanatics fan questions ahead. That ought to get the conversation going. It's been a heck of a night so far. A heck of a day yesterday. Unfortunately, the wrong way. The Chiefs over the Jaguars 17-9. And we're back with plenty more ahead. It's Jaguars Happy Hour presented by Mr. Chubby's Wings. You look at it in practice. I mean, the guys are the guys are doing it in practice. It's you know we just got to make sure we carry over, you know, to the game. And and 
as coaches, we got to make sure we're doing doing the right things and 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 not doing too much, just putting our guys in position and, and letting them letting them go play. And then and then as players, we just we just got to execute the plays and um, execute what we see, you know. And and uh, we just again it, it it it's something that you know we all have to be accountable for it, myself included, and uh, make sure that we get it corrected. That's the head coach yesterday after the game, a loss to the Chiefs, 17-9 the final score, and now it's Jaguars happy hour. Hour number two presented by Mr. Chubby's Wings. They brought chicken parm sandwiches today from Mr. Chubby's. And you, how many do you have? I had uh, just the chicken part of a half of one. Sure you did. <laughs> <laughs> It was pretty good. It was really good. You, you, you don't think he had the cheese part of it too, Tony? Well, Pete, I'm not going to be critical of my good friend JP, who I just think one of the greatest human beings alive. But that shirt was a little tight yesterday when I saw him in the stadium. So my guess is he ate some bread and cheese in the whole farm. Oh, really? Is that a fact? Okay. Well, he had it today, so I don't know why that would have any impact on what he was wearing yesterday yeah. in the stadium. You jerk. Thanks a lot. <laughs> By the way. Tony, before we move on from the offensive line, you want to hear the grades? Yes, I do. Okay. The highest graded offensive lineman and the second highest graded offensive player, but he's really the highest player because of Aaron Johnson. Walker Little. Yeah. He played well. Yeah. Very good. Uh, this next highest, this one I'm surprised, Ben Barch. I thought he, I thought he was better than the rest of them. I'm not saying he was good, but he's better. And what was his grade? 61. Out of, 60, what, no, is the, what is the scale of the grading, by the way? If you're in the 70s, you're pretty good. If you're in the 80s, you're, you had a great day. Okay. You know how many times Chris Jones lined up against Ben Barch? I have to look. How many? No, I, I do. How many? I, I got a set. One to two. Not very often. Okay, then you got Sheriff next at 54, which is bad. Then Fortner at 50. And then Harrison at 45-7. And his pass protection grade, 29.6. It was not a good day. Ooh. Ooh. And Fortner's pass protection grade was 35.6. So they can only go up. So, I mean, they're going to get better. Well, you know what I love about Doug's Captain comments? Captain Sunshine. What I love about Doug's comments, you, when you listen to him, you know he played the game. He understands yeah. it from a player's perspective. Yes. And, and not that he doesn't baby the players, he's not trying to protect them, but he gets it. And as a player, you appreciate that. He's a head coach. He has a job to keep everyone accountable. But he gets it. He understands that it's a process. And – he also understands that there's nobody, there's no one, there's no group of people more gutted than the guys in that locker room, because he's been one of the guys in that locker room. By the way, Chris Jones graded out at 92. <laughs> in case anybody's wondering, <laughs> hey, who's the highest rated defensive player for Jacksonville? Mm. Cisco. Cisco was. Mm. Yeah. He was. Then Darius Williams. Played. Then Roy Roberts and Harris, then Jenkins. The lowest rated player, Devin Lloyd. That's what I was going to say. Wow. 
Uh, let's get to Fanatics fan questions. Jags fans, gear up at Fanatics.com. With all latest Jags styles, shop now and get today's special offer. Fanatics.com, officially licensed everything. We put out the cat signal earlier today on X. Here are the best posts we've come up with at Trevorville. Are Pete and Tony still confident about the Jags winning the division? I am. Yes. You, you, why'd you roll your eyes then? Because I just think it's funny that that question's already coming up week two. Uh, the reason I'm still confident because I think the offensive line is going to get better because I still believe in the five guys up there. I believe in the – I think Phil Roush is a heck of a coach. I think Press Taylor is a good play designer. And I think, you know, Doug's a good head coach. They'll figure it out. we got weapons. Trevor's going to play better. He'll help them. He'll make them look better uh, up front. So that's why I still think they're the best team in the division. I still think they're going to win the division. Yeah, and, and Trevor's the best quarterback in the division, so that's why they'll win the division. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, next one, at Alex Van Dyke 3. Trevor has a brief history of calling his own number in critical situations. Two-point play in the wild card, the keep on the read option in Tennessee last year. Do you think the run at the one-yard line was similar? Well, Doug Peterson said as much today, right? Uh, it was not a read option, and he decided to run left. Yeah, I, I, the, the, how I interpreted Doug's comment was Trevor went rogue, but I'm not going to throw my quarterback under the bus. And it is what it is. Yeah, when he said players got to run the plays, basically, he's talking about Trevor running his own play. <laughs> I mean, it's, if it works, okay, great, but it better work. You know what? Trevor is just getting even for calling that reverse pass from Christian Kirk. Now we're even. <laughs> Gosh, that evil Grinch laugh gets me every time, Pete. It really does. Uh, and next I'm question. Evil. What do you want from me? Uh, Andrew McMahon, 86. Should Trent Palky call Dalton Reisner? He's assigned today with the Vikings. Too late. Too late. Wasn't Dalton Reisner at the uh, Broncos last year? He was. He started a bunch of games. He's a starter. They weren't very good last year, though, were they? No. Is there something but the Vikings else? are so desperate that they signed them because their line stinks too. This is not a situation where you're going outside, though. This is from within right now, right? First of all, hey, just a little like, um, little heads up. They're not growing on trees out there. If they're good enough to be starters and contribute in this league, they're usually on a team by now. Offensive line is a premium position in this league, and there's not enough of them. What would Not you, a lot of what could on the you do? Right now. What could okay? If you wanted to make a change, what would you do? I think when Cam comes back, that's the okay. Change. Aside from that, if that's the only change, what what if until then? What if you had to make a change right now? Would you put? I mean, you can put Chatley in that left guard and see if that helps you. I mean, they played they, during the stretch run last year. He was your left guard. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's true. That's possible. At John C. 300, is it time to reel back some of the expectations on this offense? Well, my expectations are getting reeled back in a big way because I don't think Trevor's even scratching in the MVP race. <laughs> I mean, no. What's he have, two touchdown passes? Is that what it is? Sounds right to me. It's, too early, to, it, it's too early to reel back any expectations. It's right. me too. By the way, two is now the favorite to win the MVP, and he only has five touchdown passes, so not that far. And guess behind. what? Fifty things are going to happen between now and the end of the season. Right. 
It's like way too early. Everyone take a deep breath and relax. Well, it's just like all last week they were burying Josh Allen, and now he's back. Now he's back again. <laughs> it's really ridiculous when you think about it. it it's amazing. Yeah. Uh, when they How about st- Joe Burrow? Should, should they trade Joe Burrow and cut him because he's been bad for two weeks? I don't know. He's hurt again. That calf is hurt again. Ooh. Well, if, I, I don't want to remind everyone, but uh, they were 0-2 last week and went to the, won the division, went to the playoffs, and he's you know one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. So, I mean, just you gotta you got to take all this. It's early, guys. Everybody was all over Press Taylor yesterday, too. When it hits again, and the offense will, I mean – that that's gonna go. Why are, call plays why are, your line, hard why to call plays they, your line stinks? But timeout, can we back up? Yeah. Tell me what Press did wrong yesterday. Where are you like where are you gonna get on him? Okay, let's just go through this. If you're gonna get on him, I would get on him. Him and Phil, and who I re- obviously got dormitory respect both of them, is they should have helped the they should have helped the rookie earlier. And I and I still think they tried to. They slid to him, and he just didn't take advantage of it. But tell me what he did wrong. What, like, what was the magical play anyone wanted to call when you're getting your, you can't get any movement and you're getting out physical to the line of scrimmage? And they called and plays that were struggling. they called plays that were open, like the the first and goal play. If he hands it off, it's a touchdown. The third down play, he just overthrew a wide open receiver. Well, and, and yeah, the plays, it, it, all the horizontal plays, and they they're big on stretching the field and playing horizontally. But, but now I think they've gotten to the point where they almost feel like they have to because their offensive line isn't good enough. Well, when you can't run the ball, Pete, what else are you supposed to do? Well, not you can't only, protect. But, but how many shot shot plays were there down the field? Oh, not a lot. And you can't and you can't get those because you can't protect. I, so, like people like criticizing press, I don't get it. Like what? Tell me, like, give me an example of what play you well, want I thought to call. Week, I thought week one was a little choppy and disjointed, more so than okay. it should have been. Let's just talk about this week. Um, Obviously, based on all the comments, he called the dive play to Travis Etienne that walks in, and they have a chance to tie it up. On the fourth and five, Doug says go for it. He dialed up a play where Christian Kirk is wide open. I mean, the like, the uh, the screen pass wide open is going to go to the house, right? So, like, everyone's like, I'm pressed. I'm like, tell me, like, what I don't like is when the media, which is us, or fans, just like throw the coordinator under a bus, and I'm like, okay, what would you like different? Not only that, though. Not only that, though, Tony. Doug has a headset on in a play sheet in front of him. He could, He's probably got veto power and probably did veto something. He's the head coach. You know he has veto power. And, and you know he vetoes some of them. Press and Doug can only do so much from the press box and the sideline, respectively. Once you're between the lines, you got to well, go execute. See, what do we always say? It's not about X's and O's. It's about Jimmy's and Joe's. Well, he should have vetoed the Philly special-itis, but I got a sneaky suspicion he called it. Final question. Um, this is at T. Duval. Will Tony or Pete lock a W this Sunday against the Texans? Lock, 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 it. lock it. Lock it. Lock it. Double lock. A double lock. Lock it. Let's put it this way, JP. If they don't win this week, goodbye, division. Goodbye. If they lose. I disagree with you, Pete, but they're going to win. Goodbye, bye, division. Wow, it's week three. You're already kissing the division goodbye if they lose. That's a little early. I got a better question for you, Pete. 
what are what's the record going to be coming out of uh, coming out of London? Well, they have the win this week, two to one, two and one. Then do I got Atlanta? They'll beat them over there, three and one, and then they'll lose to the Bills, three and two. Three and two. Then you got the Colts again. You'll, after you'll that. take that. Colts here the week after that, by the way. So you get the four and two. And then you're feeling better about yeah, a lot of things. And don't get me wrong, they can beat Buffalo. Hmm. Buffalo is not. I mean, they're not giant killers. I mean, they got some issues themselves. And you got an advantage because you're over there already, and they're coming. And especially if Josh Allen's going to throw you a couple or three balls, you know, that would be helpful. All right, there you have it. The questions are in, the Fanatics fan questions. And if uh, you're a Jags fan who's always on the move, we've got the perfect plan for you. With the bundle at the bank, you could purchase tickets to three or more games starting at just 58 bucks per game. Get the flexibility you want for your time this fall at jaguars.com slash tickets or call 904-633-2000. We'll go around the NFL when we come back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour presented by Mr. Chubby's Wings. Welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour presented by Mr. Chubby's Wings. J.P. Shadrick at the Hyundai Studios the day after a Jags loss to the Chiefs. Tony Baselli is in Charlotte. Pete Frisco in South Florida. For 10 years, DreamFinders Homes has been proud to call themselves the official home builder of the Jaguars. Visit DreamFindersHomes.com for all the available inventory and go Jags. Let's take a look around the NFL, touch on some highlights from yesterday. Falcons over the Packers, 25-24. One of many good games on the docket yesterday. Falcons scoring 13 in the fourth quarter, Pete. Besides another coach for being dumb when it comes to his decisions. Fourth and a foot, Tony, you're down two with two minutes and eight seconds left. And the Packers have one timeout. What do you do? Okay, say that again. So Falcons Fourth and a foot at the 23 with 208 left, and the Packers have one timeout. What do you do? Your own 23? No, they're 23. You're down two. You're down two. You kicked the field ball. Well, he went for it. <laughs> Why? Why did Arthur Smith go for that? You lose the game if you don't make it. They got it, and then they ended up kicking the field goal anyways. But why would you go? What's the? Where's the rationale in going for that? Wait, wait, wait. You're down by. You're down by two. Twenty-four, twenty-two. And how much time's left? Two oh eight. Packers have one timeout and a two-minute warning. You kick the field goal. Play defense. Of course you do. They did. They went for it. Got it. Luckily got it because wow. the guy made a play on it. Wow. Um, Bills over the Raiders, 38-10. Ravens and the Bengals. The Ravens get a win, 27-24. And, yeah, Burrow's dinged up again, huh? There's rumblings that he could go on IR now. Uh, I mean, that he limped off, and that was not a good look for him with the calf. If he's gone for any length of time, they're in big trouble. I bet you, I bet you anything, Pete, he doesn't, he doesn't miss a, a game. Two, by the way, they're down two in the division, too. They've lost two division games, one at home. That's that's a tough tough way to start. Mm. Yeah, uh, that is a tough guy, though, Joe Burrow. So we'll see what, really uh, tough. what happens with him. Seahawks over the Lions, 37-31, to 31, the final Bad score. Bad loss for the Brunels. Yeah, what happened? 
Huh? I mean, they they couldn't stop him. <laughs> Geno Smith looked like he was you know, Geno Smith of last year. He couldn't stop him. They went right down the field and scored to win it in overtime. Buccaneers beat the Bears 27-17. Bears are bad. And, and I think they're taking the quarterback and trying to squit, fit him into something he's not capable, not comfortable doing. You know, it's almost like, don't run anymore. Don't run anymore. He was great when he was running. Let him create stuff. And defensively, they have major issues. Baker Mayfield's playing well, by the way. Can, can Justin Fields play quarterback in this league, Pete? I thought he could. But, I, you know, I've been wrong before, so I don't know. I thought he could. I, I just think that the design of the offense isn't very good either. Who's their coordinator? Luke Getze. Came from- the Cardinals led the Giants 20 to nothing at halftime and lost the game 31-28. It, I mean, the Cardinals, the best thing for the Cardinals is they played close in two games and they didn't win. Caleb Williams, wink, wink. Um, I, I think when you look at, at the Giants, they were dead, and they they rallied because Daniel Jones. And now they got to stay on the West Coast and go play the Niners on Thursday, and Saquon Barkley's out for three weeks. Guess who's doing that uh, Giants game? You are. You're surely. You got to go to San Francisco after tonight. What are you doing to yourself? <laughs> Don't ask me. It's a long story. Wow, that's uh, that's dedication. I was is. wondering why you said you had to pack when you were because because you're not packing for overnight. You throw stuff in the suitcase and you come home. Thanks. I'll be back uh, taking the red eye on Thursday night. I'll be back Friday morning to Jacksonville. <laughs> Amazing. It's in time for the Jaguars on Sunday. Uh, Niners over the Rams, thirty to twenty-three. Cowboys over the Jets, thirty to ten. And the, what the Cowboys have scored seventy points in two games, round, right? And not only that, that defense is nasty. Yeah. They're turning the ball. They led the league in takeaways the last two years. They're going to do it again. They take the ball away. The t- game wrecker, Micah Parsons. <laughs> okay. Hey, Peter, I, I mean, the early returns watching the Cowboys and the Washington Eagles, the Cowboys can win that division. They're, yes, they, they, they can. Be, they might be better than the Eagles. And give Mike McCarthy credit. He took over play calling uh, duties, and they're better on offense with him yeah. calling play. Yep. And and people criticize Mike McCarthy. He's a good football coach. I never quite understood that. Commanders over the Broncos. The Broncos got a Hail Mary on the final play of regulation and then missed the two-point play. They missed a pass interference on it, though. But here's what I want to go back to. Broncos up 21-3. Russell Wilson gets flushed out of the pocket, gets hit by the linebacker, fumbles the ball. Ball sitting there. Doesn't even put an arm out to try and recover it. Looks at it. Washington commanders recover, go down to get points, make it 21-11 at the half because they got the two-point play. Back in the game. And then from there, it started going south on them. If I'm watching that film and I see him sitting there looking at the ball when it's on the ground, he doesn't put his arms out for it? Are you killing him in the meeting, Tony? I'm asking questions, Pete. How, how does Russell look in Sean Payton's offense? Well, he actually played okay on Sunday. He had a couple big shots to Marvin Mims, but their offensive – talk about an offensive line that can't block. They spent money on Ben Powers, the left guard. They spent money on McClinchy, the right tackle. McClinchy has been awful, and Powers hasn't been much better. He's getting hit. Hmm. 
Dolphins over the Patriots last night, 24-17. That's your look around the NFL. Monday night football, two for the price of one. Starting in Charlotte, an NFC South Division showdown. Derek Carr and the 1-0 New Orleans Saints visit Bryce Young and the 0-1 Carolina Panthers. Tony's there, 7-15, total leather. Then an hour later, it's an AFC North Division battle. Deshaun Watson and the Cleveland Browns head to the confluence to battle Kenny Pickett and the 0-1 Pittsburgh Steelers. Who you got in the double dip tonight? You know, I, I can't speak about the Carolina game because I'm calling it. You know, that's the rule. <laughs> Give me yeah. a break. That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Who I, just like that. I just like saying it because it's so dumb. Oh, I, I, I think the Saints haven't been very good here in Carolina the last few times they've come. Their card record on the road is not very good in his career. With that said, I think the Saints defense gets after Right, John. I think the Saints win. I agree. I think the Saints win, and I think the Browns win at Pittsburgh. Mm. Uh, yeah, I'm, uh, yeah, I think so. I think, I think, I think Miles Garrett another game record. Another guy disrupts everything. I think he's going to have a big bad. He's uh, Dan Moore was the left tackle was terrible last week. The right tackle is probably not going to play. They're going to start a rookie at right tackle on Broderick Jones. I think Miles Garrett and gang is going to have a field. Zadarius Smith had a good day too last week. Ron Kenny. Run. Run. Yeah. <laughs> Have fun back there. Run, duck. Run. <laughs> well, I, mean, it's, I think it's going to be bad. I think Pittsburgh's in for a, a beat tonight. All right, boys. Good show. Double lock for Sunday. Don't forget. Oh, how can we forget a double lock from Pete Prisco and Tony Baselli? Thanks to our entire crew, of course. Joe Fortunato, Brent Reber, Andrea Curry on the video side, Eric Waringa on graphics, William Pease on podcast, Kate Waska on ad placement for our entire crew. I'm J.P. Shadrick. Thank you for listening to Jaguars Happy Hour.